Welcome to Three Song Stories, where the podcast that uses songs to bring out the storyteller and our guests, we harness the power music has to embed itself into memory and to build time machines in our heads. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. My guest today is Dr. Ernesto Lasso de la Vega. He's a local biologist who was born in Panama, but is now a naturalized U.S. citizen. He's worked at the Lee County Hyacinth Control District for more than 25 years, where he works to minimize aquatic weeds in public waters and educate the public to that effect as well. Ernesto got a Bachelor in Science in Biology from the University of Panama, a Master in Science in Aquaculture from Auburn University, and an Educational Doctorate in Curriculum and Instruction from University of Central Florida. He serves as a member of the Citizen Advisory Committee of the Charlotte Harbor National Estuary Program and Advisory Board of the Florida Sea Grant, and he's been teaching environmental science, biology, and microbiology at area universities since the early 90s. On his own time, although it sounds like there's not a ton of it, He's been translating books, newsletters, and news articles to Spanish and doing more biology stuff via international courses. And he's a regular attendee of the Fort Myers Film Festival and its TGIM Mondays downtown, which I know because that's where I met him. Hey there, Ernesto. How you doing? Very good. I really look forward to talking to you through this lens instead of just having three minutes to chat with you at the film festival as I hurry on my way to the booth or from the booth. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because I see you and then now we have finally a chance. To now we have time talk. to sit down and yeah, sink yeah. in. Great. So uh, let's start with the musical background of your childhood. What was the music happening around you when you were a kid? Well, being from Panama, you know, there's, there's always salsa. Salsa is what... Salsa and some other type of uh, Latin rhythms are always in in, in Panama, but uh, of course the American musics are going there. But then this this salsa is pretty much the the things that we dance when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go to a party, there is salsa. There was a a big festival of salsa. So there was always carnival salsa. So there was something that was always lingering in my life, and this is probably where I really got into. What was the music being played around your house, um, and was there music being played on instruments? around your house or was it just you know the radio or the radio players? playing all the time well not all the time because we had to respect my dad and my mom you know <laughs> but the kids we are always kids and we were playing those and we would be listening and but it's usually the time of party is when you crank that salsa and you put it in there did your parents have music that they played around the house that was not what you wanted to hear or kind of flesh out that Both background they they do have their own music in fact my father was educated here in the states so he came up with a lot of the instrumental music and very nice 60s kind of music right very good my mom played the guitar so she was always playing some classicals and stuff mm. but we kids you know we go wild and crazy and <laughs> so we we had a little diversity of everything and we play we learned to play some instrument i played the guitar Okay. And do you still play today? Ah, uh, when I have the chance. You have a guitar, though. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. And you said your dad was educated here, and and he played some music from the '60s. Was there any of the mainstream rock and roll kind of stuff happening oh. in the house when you were a kid? You know what I we I remember very vividly is uh, Tijuana Brass. Okay. Yeah, that was a beautiful. Oh my goodness! That's all come the up before on this show. I think that's the second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Uh, so, what was your life like in Panama? It was it's a lot of fun. Very. 
very quiet, very nice. Um, How mingle. big a town did you live in? A million some people okay. in the in the in the city. Okay, so it wasn't a big big metropolis. Traffic was very much under control because there was not so much traffic around. We right. we move around in, by bus, so it was very healthy, very nice, very little crime. And it was a very healthy environment, so we were, we were happy to to see the the good things that are happening. But things have been turning on and more. And in fact, there was influences around all Latin America where you can see the stress by the population, by the uh, regimes that were start taking control, and that becomes pretty stressful. When did that sort of tipping point happen? If you had to guess, around the seventies. Yeah, you still you still feel a little bit of revolutions in some countries. There were people leaving some countries because there was a lot of dictatorships happening. I remember Pinochet. Even in Panama, there was Torrijos was a, a big breakdown because it was a, a takeover hmm. by the government. Um, There's some other things in Nicaragua was happening, Somoza, and some other things were happening all over. But so I was not blind about that. But when I was a kid, I'm talking 13 years old. Right. You know, you, you just went to party. and Right. And, and so, so when did you first come to the United States? At the end of my my um, my career, my, my studies in biology after the University of Panama. I got okay, so you didn't come here till after you had gotten your bachelor degree. Yes, that's right. Oh, okay. So, yeah. What's the earliest musical memory that you can conjure if you try to think back? Maybe from my father's when we was playing the records. You know, yeah. Tijuana Brass and some other. Classic. Do you remember the record, the, the album yeah, cover? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we all love that cover. Yes, yes, yes. So, what's your earliest musical memory of being in the United States? That's a good question. In fact, um, it was already all the pop. Music. It was basically going um, Top Gun. And what year? Oh, so this would have been like early eighties. Uh, yes. No. Actually. Um, yeah. Eighty five. So okay. Mid eighties. Gotcha. So the, the Top Gun. Top Gun uh, music. Yeah. yeah. It was Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Kenny Loggins <laughs> was just blasting all over, and it was it was pretty much all the pop rock and you see, and um, a lot of MTV stuff. It was very vogue. Then. Oh yeah, that was absolutely that was yeah. the the birth of MTV era right there. Correct. Um, uh, at what point did you decide that you wanted to become a U.S. citizen? Well, I'll tell you. Um, when I came, I studied. I studied my aquaculture in Auburn and you're University. In, you, and you're going from Panama to Alabama. Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. Auburn, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Getting in there. Oh, my goodness. It was beautiful. No, I really enjoy that. I mean, in fact, the way I came, it was interesting. I, I was working in the government in Panama, and there was a, an opportunity to have a um, master's level courses mm-hmm. and then to get continue the degree. So I apply and I got the scholarship for that. So I was a sponsor by the government of Panama to come here for oh, a master's. Great. So I, it was a great opportunity. So I took it and then I just went to, and in the middle of my career, well, Noriega in those days declared a war to the United States. <laughs> and when they did that, they cut all my funds. Oh. All the, you know, the funds were disconnected. So I, I had to actually find my ways to Fine, finish my degree, mm-hmm. and then start working to pay some of the loans that I that I had, and well, I accomplished that, and I start working, and then after that, well, maybe my wife felt sorry for me, so she got married. <laughs> we got married, so, and then actually, I, the reason how I came to become a citizen, and then I took it really serious because I thought, well, this country gave me the opportunity. 
So I want to also give the opportunity to this country to elect the right people. Mm. And I, I believe on that. I believe on the election. And, and that's the reason why I would be, wanted to become a citizen instead of just a, a green card holder. And I know a lot of people green cards because, but I wanted to become a citizen because I wanted to do that election, the voting. And I did. And I voted the first time in the election. Um, and, but that's when the... What election was it? The election with uh, Al Gore. Okay. And President Bush. Okay, so 2000. And, yeah, 2000. And the, and the vote, my vote, was not counted. <laughs> there was some issue in Florida. There was no counting. The votes were all messed up. And, yeah, and I learned about, like, okay. Yeah, well, the hanging chat election. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was such a mess. I said, well, did my vote count? Maybe not. So, but, no, I believe in the system. Hmm. Well, let's get to your first song. What do you uh, okay. want us to play? And uh, how would you like to set up the uh, timeline of story or well, story after? Yeah, let's go right into the song. And then I'll tell you later why. And in fact, some of you listeners might be um, Hispanic. They will, underst- will understand this song is very, very much fun okay. song. Set it up for us. Tell us what it is. The name is Ah Ah No, and it's by Willie Colon and Hector Laboe. These guys were phenomenals in, yeah, there was a phenomenal group that he played salsa all over Latin America where they were really in vogue in the salsa um, genre in New York. And they were from New York. They're Puerto Ricans living in New York and composing all these songs. All right. Well, let's hear it. You know, I, I take a picture during these uh, songs of people listening, and yours was the first one that really tempted me to shoot video. Because <laughs> you were grooving. Oh, you man, know I that song you. so good. That is the best song. I love it. I love it. In fact, the, the, the main reason I brought that song is because a lot of people know Willie Colon and Hector Lavoe, but this, and then there's famous songs, there's a lot of them, but this one particularly struck me uh, as one of the most fun songs because, well, it was part of my time when I was a, a kid, and we go into parties and stuff, and the, the bonding that people have on the, with, with these songs are amazing, and everybody knows the lyrics, so everybody's singing, and you see the the unanimous dancing and everything. And you were playing the parts, you know, you were miming the trombone oh, yeah. and the oh, whole God, thing. You yeah. had that all deep in there. Yeah, and then when they say, ah, ah, no, no, oh, my goodness, you hear the whole people singing in the in the crowd, you know, nah, nah. So it is phenomenal. And, and again, when, when I was a kid, I was just all party, things are fun. And, and I want to bring this because... Uh, it, it, most people, this is the song that you end up dealing with a lot of girls who start dancing. And then this is the first song where I got my first, well, I give my first kiss. Oh, really? Yeah, so that, that's the main At reason. At what point in the song? No, no, in the song. It was actually after you done it dancing. It was because of the song. <laughs> yes, it was just the, 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 yeah, the link between, not the song, but yeah, the yeah, atmosphere. The, because you are the, having great time. And then it, so it has a lot of idiosyncrasies there. So the things put together right, there the, the moment happened. When was the last time you listened to it? Oh, that is a great question. I went back to Panama um, about 15 years ago to celebrate the 25-year anniversary of my graduation with high school. And guess what? They play this song when all of my co-partners um, you know, in the school, yeah, yeah. and there was a, a high school teacher that went there. 
at to that party, and I end up dancing with her <laughs> with this song. <laughs> so it was the phenomenal because everybody was do- dancing this, but then I happened to dance with her. Of course, no kissing involved there, but then it was a phenomenal. But your first time. kiss wasn't there, was she? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a phenomenal song because everybody jumped immediately. Do I mean you can find people who immediately jump for, for this song to dance. Um, uh, how much music do you listen to in your life today? Um, you say you haven't listened to that song for a long time, so right. maybe you don't listen to a lot of music? Or No, just... I do have some of my, my CDs that I mean, selected CDs, and they bring me memories. But this was a, a memory that I wanted yeah. to bring now because it was has kind of almost been forgotten uh-huh. until you told me, hey, how about this one? Isn't that amazing how this yeah. works? Yeah, oh. that's what's so great about it is, is, you know, people have brought in songs that I asked that question, and they're like, you know, I haven't heard this song in 20 years. But when I was asked to do this list, it's what came Came up, and yeah. that's the engine yeah. that we're tapping into here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I hope I have um, entertained a lot of other listeners with this song. I know sometimes it becomes salsa becomes repetitive at the mm-hmm. end. It's like, okay, when is it going to end? Please come. <laughs> but then you, if you're having a fun time dancing, you right. don't want. If that you're to blissing end. out, you don't want it to. End. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so you you mentioned CDs. Is that how you listen to your music typically? Have you have um, iTunes? Do you have Pandora, Spotify? Do you any? Do you do that? Stuff too. Yes, I do, and I collect them. I try to put my own CDs. And so, what are you listening to these days? I was a little variety of everything. Um, unfortunately, I'm probably listening more news and some, um, let's say, podcasts that are more scientific and more mm-hmm. involved with things. Um, I should be listening more music because it relaxes you, yeah. makes you think about other things than just the stressful things. But I, I, I have a little uh, my my niche of. Tijuana Brass, among others. <laughs> is, there a, is there a band that you like to listen to or a musical act you like to listen to that um, you wouldn't think our listeners would know? So oh, like one of your favorites. Oh, you know, depending on the mood, in the mood, uh, Aerosmith. Oh, yeah? It goes big time on the mood, yeah, because you can definitely travel listening to that. And then you, before you know, you're already there. But, you know, people have heard of Aerosmith. So I'm asking for one that nobody's heard of. Do you have any eclectic selections? Well, um, it's coming here. Because I do have a CD okay. that is for one of the songs that I have submitted here. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Okay, can you remember the first time? And this maybe is just—I mean, you've maybe already answered it through context. But the first time that music moved you, mm, this was a good one. That that one. That one. But then the next one, which is uh, let me. May I introduce it? Absolutely. The Buscando America from by Ruben Blades is the one of this actually the one who molded you. I mean, it's not just now party. Now you start thinking. This man, he came to the state and actually went and studied. He studied in the University of Panama law, and then he came here and studied in Harvard, and then he gets his master's degree here in Harvard. But then he was always a composer. But the compositions that he's been doing is not just party salsa. He's actually putting messages. And then people listened to that, and they were like really messages who strike uh, uh, a wound in your heart because sometimes they really hit you. And this is one of those. What year would this have been? This is after – this is still now in the 80s because okay. what I was saying it was it was probably in the 70s. This is – Willie Colon was in the 70s and 60s. You know, all. But now in the 80s, we're talking now serious writing 
serious composing music and he's still entertaining, dancing and partying, but they has a message now. And the message very and then again it could be still salsa but it but he has such a composition and a very good arrangement, which is different from the party type. Gotcha. Now, before we hear that, um, I want to just explore. This would have been – you would have been in the United States now no. during that – no, you no, weren't quite I, here yet. I'm still in the University of Panama. Okay. And I'm still going through listening to – and then we are encountering a lot of – now I'm a little more like an adult. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm an adult and I'm not a teenager. I'm thinking now what's going on, what's happening in the world. And where are we getting these problems and why stress and why things are happening around the world? So it, this song and then this whole genre that he made because he started writing more uh, poetic things, it, it started striking you. Uh, uh, it started opening your eyes mm-hmm. to what really happening. And in fact, I heard one time this Ruben Blades in a concert. He was the, listen, listen, guys. And they were say, oh, shut up and start singing. No, you got to listen to this. And he uh-huh. wanted to almost educate people on, in, the, in the festival where his music is being played. All right. Well, let's hear it. This is, uh, it's Buscando America. Yeah, Buscando, which is translate to um, Searching for America. Searching for America. Buscando America by Ruben Blades. Bring it to us, Richard. Man, am I glad you gave me these lyrics. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, that you set that song up as a song that'll make you think. And oh. these lyrics in that time frame, right before you moved to the United States, really tie together some thinking. Big time. Can you expand upon that? Oh, boy, I tell you, we were, we were listening to all this um, situation in Nicaragua. And in Nicaragua and Chile, we heard uh, all this stuff, even um, Argentina. Every, every country has been... Um, shadowed by one of these dictatorships, we we see that. And then he was message. He was sending this message to everybody. You have to wake up, wake up. And then the lyrics is telling you things like um, the justice is what's going to wake us up. Mm-hmm. The, the the wake up America because we're falling asleep. So there is several ways that you can interpret this. Like searching for America is like not for coming to America. Yeah, it's actually searching on our own identity. Mm-hmm. And that's what every country needed to find their own identity. It was not like, yeah, we all want to go to. United States yeah, of America. We yeah. have to find our own countries. Yeah. Let me read just – I'm just going to read the first yeah. two uh, short stanzas of it. Um, I'm searching for you, America, and fear that I won't find you. Your footprint, your footprint has been lost in the dark. I'm calling for you, America, but you are not answering me. You have been made to vanish by those who deny truth. Exactly. That's heavy, man. Oh, it is very heavy. I mean every – and then you, you start looking at each one of those cases, each one of those – paragraph that he presented it's like it's happening it happened and it, it never stopped happening because to this day those songs are still meaningful I mean the, the, the lyrics are still well yeah there. and in some ways I mean dare I say they're you know very meaningful here in America today mm-hmm. uh, this last line toward the end you've been vanished by those who are afraid of your truth yeah I mean that's like it really comes back to that 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 theme of truth and truth being pushed aside by people who don't want to face truth. Correct. And that's – what was it like for you to move to America shortly after being affected by that song and kind of looking back from this culture? See, what my, my the reason for me coming here was for education. The same as they 
because the author came here for education. He also came for a master. He also, so do I. I came to educate myself and because here is where you got a, a tremendous nucleus of uh, research and, and education. I mean, it's centers of education are very strong here. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, okay, definitely I need that. And then my, my intention was coming back to the country and to bring that. Well, politics happened. Right. And then, so, so, but then in mine, I still keep that in my heart, you know, this, this message resonated in my heart. And it's like a punch in your heart. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to lose that and you don't want to keep sight of it. And yeah, keep sight of like, what is the, the meaningful things about it? life in general, uh, you know, improve yourself and do good to others. Yeah. And that was a masculine. Um, and I, I saw so many cases of this uh, throughout my life here in state. And, I, and the latest is what the message that, that finally comes back to us is this immigrant, the immigrants coming. Why? Because they're escaping out of uh, realities that are horrible. And I don't blame them from, from escaping. If you have no other choice than to save your family and to save your life to do that, you take it. And, and then that's the saddest thing about it. Um, now times have changed, and of course there are situations, and but the message is still there. Yeah. Um, what was it like being a college student in the United States at, at Auburn in Alabama? How different was that from your college experience in Panama? You well, were in a totally different world or a mostly different world. Yeah, there was. <laughs> the, the good thing about it, Auburn is that it was a very international. The program there was very international. So we have students from all over the world right. coming for the same education. Aquaculture was international, big, big, big center of education and international. So, but then I'm still in lingering and talking to others. They didn't know so much about where I'm coming from and or all the things. That are happening. Was there anybody else there from your from Panama or near where you? Oh were yeah, from? near. Col yeah, there was people from Colombia. There mm -hmm. was people from uh, Ecuador, and so we all talk and, and we all knew. In fact, we made a little group of the Latin American students, and, and we talk about these situations that were happening. Um, so we were solid about that. Now the rest of the uh, Americans who were already here, which by the way, I wanted to bring this up. You know, when Ruben Blades wrote this song, he, <laughs> I heard an interview that he says. When people ask in Latin America, you know, are you American? I said, no, I'm not. So, well, you were born in America or in the continent of America. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you are American. So it's because they have taken the identity yeah, yeah. <laughs> away from us. I mean, we're all Americans, even if you are in Chile or uh -huh. you are in Panama or whatever, because it's a continent. Yep. Now it's the United States of America, which right. is another story there. Um, can you remember the first concert that you saw uh, as a college student in the United States? That's a good question. I, oh, <laughs> well, the college was inviting a lot of good players and um, Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went to that concert. I cannot avoid Got it. Got some horns oh, in there. <laughs> I know. So I went and invented it. But I tell you, he's a talented. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I got no harsh words for no, Huey Lewis in the news. Super talented. I have enjoyed every song, that, all the songs that he put. Yes, amazing. <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, really? Yeah, Jimmy Buffett went, went to Auburn. And, you know, they always invite this big celebrity. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Did you ever make mixtapes for people or for yourself? 
you know I mean for what kind of music would this? Well, whatever. No, any kind of music. Nope. No, no, I you never no were. You were never a mixtape nope. maker. No. Okay, I'm it just not. wasn't part of your world. Unfortunately, no. Um, uh, do you listen to music while you're out doing biology stuff in the wild? Reality, no, because you know I really rather to. Okay, I would like to first concentrate, concentrate right. a lot, and in, when I'm in the field, I tell you what, I listen to a lot of natural stuff. Yeah, I well, like I can that. imagine. Yeah, I, it's, it's like my first. I wouldn't want to be listening to like earbuds while no. I was out trying to do that, but no. I can imagine some people probably would. Correct. Even in the work, the, the routineous, the uh, routine things that I do in the lab, I don't put music because, again, I want concentration. I want to be sure that I'm doing stuff instead of, you know, just messing around. Uh, can we talk real quick yeah. about the film that you made? Well, I was struck by the film ability because uh-huh. I see, and now it's affordable. So you, I bought a camera, a uh-huh. very high-definition camera, and I, I wrote something regarding this because I wanted to send the message that teachers, which, by the way, since I've been here uh, at Mosquito Control, they asked me one time, well, why don't you teach biology? You know, you have masters. You can go and teach at the college. I said, okay, so I tried that. And every, that was 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still teaching every year the biology courses, whatever they have available as an adjunct. And, and teaching is my, my really passion. I mean, I like my biology, but the teaching doesn't pay as much. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so but then I, I'm passionate about teaching. And then I learned from some friends in Panama that the teachers who go up in the mountains, they really sacrifice sometimes even their life because you don't never know what's going to happen when they get or how to get to these remote areas. Right. I made a movie out of that. Yeah. What was it called? I forget. I remember Lord, really enjoying it. Lord al Maestro is Lord, uh, praise the teacher. Because I thought it was like this message has to be sent to regular teachers or, or, or just anybody who knows about how difficult sometimes teaching is. And in this case, was just the traveling was the, the difficult part. Did um, I'm trying to remember back. Did you have music in it? Yeah. How did you choose the music? Did you give much thought to it? Uh, um, I, I, I mix it. Uh, I went to a, a, a source, Audio Jungle, who has a uh, lot of music. So like, you could have music that you were allowed to play. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, I actually pay for those. And then I asked uh, talented local musicians to orchestrate that, to give them more inf into that. And they did a hmm. marvelous job with that. Cool. Is there anywhere that people can see that? Is that available anywhere? You know, somebody told me because I submitted to film festivals and right. I'm done with that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. put it, put it just, on Vimeo or yeah, YouTube or something gonna like that. I'm going to put it in a Vimeo and then to have, yeah, I'm going to put a link on my. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we'll put a link. link to we'll, it. Yeah, we'll link to it from for, for this show uh, yeah. whenever it becomes available. Okay, we're moving on to the third song. Yes. What okay. is the third song? Okay, so now is already here and they already established um, a professional career. And then I heard this also in college when I was already here. Uh, because the Blades was when I was in Panama, University of Panama. Now I'm here in the state of Auburn University. This fellow, Juan Luis Guerra, Dominican, he came also study and he did his his uh, projects. And now he is def- uh, producing this marvelous, marvelous amount of work on a new gender, which is almost like merengue, but it's not but from the Dominican. It's not merengue. It's actually more like, uh, gosh, I should know the gender. But in, anyway, it's a different style. The music has, again, message. And he has strike because now he's putting um, chorus 
and you can hear the music. The, the, the whole music is, is beautiful on this. And again, the message is, is the point that you, you want to hear. So you're going to give me a lyric sheet yep, for this one too? I lyric yeah, too. thank goodness. I should have thought of that. That's right. It hadn't even occurred to me. So what's it called? This is called Ojalá que llueve, café en el campo. Okay. Well, and it's actually is like a, a pray for raining coffee. I hope it will rain coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Do you want to talk any more about it? No. Nope. Should we go let's, ahead and hear it? Let's play it. Okay. Let's go ahead and hear it. What would you like to tell us about that song? Uh, and again, thanks for the lyrics. That's really. Uh, that's like it's a, a, a abundance. Is that yes. song about abundance? Wishing, Actually, hoping for abundance. Or? Yeah, hoping for abundance. Think of a of a farmer who has been struggling with everything, mm-hmm. and so he's he's hoping for this because sometimes we take it so. For granted, mm-hmm. you know all these crops that comes out of it, but somebody's actually sweating out there to right. do with that. And then, so this is a, almost like a an hymn of of hope for all those farmers who are being working so hard. And what he's hoping is that as easy as the rain comes down, well, they, they will be collecting coffee right. for us to drink, and so easy how will be we wish that will happen. And so he's also putting also some other messages like. Um, well, because when you plow the, the the earth, you have to plow with love, and that's part of the the, the work that they're doing. And they're plowing with love, they're collecting the things, and they they're all hoping for everything. And at the end, hoping that the kids can also join us in this song and all that. It's, it's a remarkable thing. This mo- song has was one of the most famous songs that make this group. Four Forty, Julio, one um, Luis Guerra. He actually became so famous with this song. This was like the hymn. I mean, everybody you hear about 440 or 440, mm-hmm. this is a song that is the iconic song for When me. did it come out about? Um, the 80s. I think around the 80s, yeah. They came up and it was like a big hit, the CD that they made. Oh, my goodness. It's, all the songs are beautiful. I picked this one because it was the most relevant for, for the whole group, um, which ironically, the group 440, it's actually for um, because he went educated himself on the on the university. He was working on is the standard tune the frequency four hundred and forty hertz. Yeah. for the A uh, note. Yeah, that's like a, yeah. when you're tuning a guitar. When you're tuning a guitar, that's yeah. that. And then so he called it, and everybody called four forty. You know, and even the Dominicans, yeah, you know, four forty, cuatro cuarenta. And Juan Luis Guerra, my goodness, is is one of those iconic, right now, and the the, the quality of the songs. You had to hear more of that. Have you have you uh, ever did you get a chance to see any of these bands uh, in person? No, that no. one, no, I have not, and I, I will search for that. And the, the next, he's performing all over Europe right now. Oh, so, so yeah, still performing. Oh now. God, yeah, he's well. You need famous. to get on it, Ernesto. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's one of the ones, the CDs that I have in the car. And I listen to the, you know, it's very entertaining. It's so melodious. Oh, it's, it's it's a good, it's a good um, iconic from Dominican Republic. Hmm. Um, I just mentioned you need to go get on seeing him live. Uh, what was how's how far have you traveled to see live music? Have you ever made it a point to go f- somewhere, or has live music been something that you come across when it presents itself? Well, my wife took me to see Aerosmith in Tampa. Okay, well, Tampa. <laughs> that, so that works. A <laughs> couple miles up the road. Yeah, and I should have probably searched, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of big crowds. Right. Because I'm a little, yeah, chicken about that. Because it's the crowds is like, 
too scary. Sometimes. What's your favorite Aerosmith song since they've come up twice now? Oh, my. Yeah, I know. You're putting me down on the spot because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I need to I need to search. I mean, there are several, but uh, there's not one that is clearly no exactly. Your favorite. It, there's not like the the optimal one, although um, I don't know. I don't want to say one because I don't want to partialize one versus the other ones. I don't know if this is a question that you could answer, and it's not one I've asked on this show before. But it popped into my head the other night, and you get to be the first person who gets it. What's the most daring thing you've ever done because of or for music? I have. Maybe being, kiss that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Beside that, you know, uh, karaoke. Oh, okay. Karaoke is kind of daring because you don't know it, how it's going to come up. So it, they it put is. the microphone in front of you, and then okay, and then you have everybody waiting for the songs. And so I done some karaoke. When was the last time you did it? Oh, it was a, a party they have uh, in, in a bar, of course. Um, what was that? Several years ago, it was. Yeah, it was kind of stressful. I didn't want to be in there like singing. So that's not your wheelhouse. You're not comfortable karaokeing. Nah, kind of. Although I tell you, uh, well, another one that I had been an actor in front of an audience, um, but this, this was a lot of fun because it was not stressful. Um, Filter in the roof. Oh, okay. I play with the Charlotte Players in Charlotte County. They made a performance of Filter in the Roof. This is several years when my kids were also part of the, the gang. So we were all as a family. We participated. Oh, really? There. That's yeah. so cool. It was so cool. And then they gave me their, pl- their role of their rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can you beat that? Can you bring a little? Can you oh, bring a little here? Oh, can my you goodness. Can you get back in that place? And the, well, I, I got their, their role because I let my beard grow. And it was all white. <laughs> And I can make him sound like an old man. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a blessing for the czar. A blessing for the czar. May the Lord bless the czar and keep him far away from us. That was the... That was my life. Oh. And after that, you just sit down and play and sing, you know, like, oh, hey, great, I can do that. Oh, that's so good. Have you uh, done any theater since then, or was that your nah, big? Well, yeah, I've done a little things here and there, but I mean, it takes so much time. Yeah. No, but that's, that's yeah, that was a fun, fun <laughs> play. And I was going to bring Filler in the Roof, you know, say, nah, that's. Uh, was that one of your, maybe I was going to ask if you had a fourth song that almost made it, would that, that have been one, it? Tradition. So we stumbled into it on yeah. accident. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> tradition is a, because it's such a, it's a classic. That is really a classic. And he tells you the whole story. But it's the memories that bring, because we were family. And, you know, theater is so magical. You can only do it one time mm-hmm. and even perform several times. But every time is different. And there's a flavor that stays there. And it, you can't repeat it. Uh, you can't repeat it with either the same actors. No, you cannot come up the same way. Uh, okay. Well, we are pretty much out of time, Ernesto. Uh, I would like to offer you an opportunity to add your final thoughts. And then actually I do have one follow-up question, which is semi-related. But any final thoughts on this process, on the on the, the, yep. the, 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 the whittling you had to do, the process in your head? Well, I'll tell you, I, I came up with the, the – the fun things when I was a young kid, 13 years old, my first kiss, my first dance, dancing with this thing. And then I, I grew up and I became a university student in Panama. And I saw what is happening in the, in the world, you know. So like, like, wake up, okay, this is a man's stuff, you know, think about this. And then later on, I educate myself and I came just like 
you know, uh, Ruben Blades and also Juan Luis Guerra came out to educate and to perform these beautiful things. So I'm also doing that stuff. And I finally, I want to, finally my thought is to go back and give everybody happiness with what are you doing. Um, the classes that I'm teaching is just to educate, but also to give, provide happiness or the ways to produce happiness in the world. Because, I mean, there's nothing else but just to, to be happy. You know, we don't have anything else to do in this life, but just to be happy and move on. Thank you so much, Ernesto. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for this opportunity. This week's parting tune comes from a listener named Mike in Fort Myers. My song is Run Like a Villain uh, by Iggy Pop from the uh, Zombie Birdhouse album. Uh, it was, I think, my first record purchase of a certain age. So I was 14 years old, and my sister was 18, and we went to the same high school. And she had this friend who was just an amazing knockout and intellectual, cool. She was sort of goth and punk before that was really a thing in california at least in our area so one night i woke up in the middle of the night and there she was in my bedroom just standing over my bed looking at me nothing happened but it was really strange right and it left a huge impression on me so in the next couple of days or something i'm just walking through the house and she's over visiting kathy and i overhear her say god i'd like to blank iggy pop Immediately, I get on my little BMX bike and I pedal myself down to Licorice Pizza, the local record store. And I'm like, I've got to go find some Iggy Pop. i got to go figure this stuff out. So I get in there and the very first album in the stack is Zombie Birdhouse. And, uh, and it had a huge impression on me. So, you know, I paid my $7.99 or whatever it was and pedaled home and put it on the turntable. And... Uh, <laughs> Run Like a Villain was the first track on Side A, and it's stayed with me ever since. And, and since then, I've become a, you know, a huge Iggy Pop fan and probably owned more Iggy Pop on vinyl than anyone I've ever known. So every time I hear that song, which i got to be frank, isn't that often, but it takes me right back to being 14 years old and trying to figure a few things out. That's my story. So what's your song story? Pick it. Think on it and send it to mysongstory at wgcu.org. We'll get in touch and do the rest. We make this podcast in the WGCU studios on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University. Richard Chinqui is this show's co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan produces our online content. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme music was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. One. Two. Three. Four. No, we got to do three together. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)